0: This is the Frontier Freedom Hour, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Well, howdy, friends. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Hunt, host of the Frontier Freedom Hour, sponsored by the Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University, one of the most pro-life universities in America. You know, the Sanctity of Life was a top issue at the 2022 Western Conservative Summit. We're going to continue that with Seth Gruber, one of the real up-and-coming young stars in the pro-life movement. Please enjoy Seth Gruber's speech at the 2022 Western Conservative Summit. In this Kairos moment, I want to give us a little, maybe, track to run on. I want to pull some insights from a few individuals that I think can help us in this fight for life to get ready to saddle up and ride and defend the rights of unborn children. Firstly, I want to turn to a lesson from Ronald Reagan. Now, many of you may not know this, but assuming this conference, you probably do. Ronald Reagan used to be pro-choice. He actually signed legislation in California that led to more unborn children being killed. He had a change of heart, he regretted it forever, and he wrote his book, Abortion and the Conscience of a Nation, because he recognized that abortion represents our national consciousness, doesn't it? Because it forces us to examine whether we believe in these self-evident axiomatic truths that human beings are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are the right to life. Oh, look, they put life first. And in his book, he compares the atrocity of slavery to the atrocity of abortion. And here's what, Lincoln, uh, here's what Reagan said, quoting Lincoln. He said, "...Lincoln recognized that we could not survive as a free country as long as some men could decide that others are not fit to be free and should therefore become slaves. Likewise, says Reagan, we cannot survive as a free land today as long as some men can decide that others are not fit to live." and should therefore be abandoned to abortion and infanticide. So says Reagan, there is no cause more important than affirming than the transcendent right to life of all human beings, the right without which no other rights have any meaning. So if we were to paraphrase Reagan today, we might say, if you don't get the right to life right, you won't get any other rights right. Right? That is the most fundamental right. As long as our country continues to deny the natural right to life to an entire class of human beings, listen, wake up, hear me, our own rights will constantly be endangered by modern jurists and a ruling class whose jurisprudence is completely foreign to the Founding Fathers. By ignoring the natural right to life that all human beings have, we should not be surprised when that government ignores every other right that flows from that first and most important of all rights. Now listen, if you've been called to a different battlefront in the fight for liberty, praise God. If you've been called to fight sex trafficking, to uh, defend the Second Amendment, the right to self-defense, to secure our borders, to secure national security, whatever God's called you to, amen, hallelujah, I couldn't love it more, and in the spare time I don't have, I'll join you on that battlefront. However, while many issues are important, amen, hallelujah, they don't all carry the same moral weight. We understand this. If I tell you 1860 America, what do you think of? Oh, someone said, slavery, you narrow-minded bigot. Why did you think of that? You're probably a single-issue voter, aren't you? Why didn't you think about women's voting rights, which they didn't have then? Do you not care about that issue? And you would say, no, Seth, you you idiot. Listen, while many issues are important, they don't all carry the same moral weight. Slavery was the litmus test for this republic, and so is abortion today. So listen, we need more than just the pro-life movement. A conservatism or a conservative movement that doesn't prioritize the total abolition of abortion as their highest priority will one day wake up and find that there is nothing left to conserve. Because we abandoned the right to life of an entire class of human beings. This is why our founders created an order of rights. And it seems so duh, it's like we get it. Right to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. You don't have the others if you don't have the right to life. But it's no less true because it's simply axiomatic. It's incredibly important. And didn't we watch the consequences of abandoning the right to life in the last two years? What happened to your natural right to liberty? To worship, to gather, to sing, to run your businesses in accordance with your best judgment? What happened to your natural right to property? As BLM burnt down whole city blocks in American metropolitan cities and then had the sitting vice president of the United States of America fundraise to help pay the bail to get them out of prison. But if your business was burned down, eh, too bad. What what happened to our natural rights? And isn't it funny that everyone who's currently ruining the country in the last two years, you ready for a secret? They're all pro-abortion. Oh, Seth, I'm sure that's a coincidence. That's just a -a coink I'm sure there's no relationship between the fact that those who support tyranny in the womb will also support tyranny outside the womb. Of course there's a relationship between that. We have been abandoning our republic to be run by people who believe the same thing today that Roger B. Taney did then, that there are some humans who are not persons, repeating the judicial bigotry of slavery in this country. That's what Reagan has to teach us today. If we don't shore up and defend the right to life in this Kairos moment, every other right we seemingly taken for granted in this republic will deteriorate as well, and you will be left with a country that's unrecognizable, and you will fulfill Reagan's prophetic warning by spending your sunset years telling your children and your children's children what it once was like to live in the United States where men were free. The second lesson we must learn is from a certain individual who you might be surprised I'm actually addressing. His name's Dr. Fauci. Dr. Frankenstein Fauci, I know you don't think we have anything to learn from Dr. Frankenstein Fauci, but we actually do. I agree with Dr. Fauci. We should. Follow the science, follow the science. I am science, <laughs> says the man who refuses to follow the science of embryology, that you came into existence at the moment of conception, and through the NIAID funds the University of Pittsburgh, where they abort babies in the late term when they could have been born alive. They scalp them, they put their scalps subcutaneously on lab rats to create humanized mice, and the lab rat grows the infant human hair that would have grown on the scalp of that precious child had they not been aborted so they can use those humanized mice to perform experiments to find solutions to staph infections. So the baby becomes a sacrifice for man's pursuit of eternal life. Oh, wait, that sounds familiar. That sounds like all of human history, who have sacrificed human beings to the sex gods, the war gods, the weather gods, and the crop gods in order to increase our quality of life and live just a little bit longer. But I agree with Dr. Fauci, we should follow the science, which says from the moment of conception, you were a distinct living and whole human being. And that's not me cherry picking terms to make the pro-life position sound more intellectually tenable. You'll find those terms in any embryology textbook on any university campus anywhere in the country. You were distinct because the body in her body is not her body. That's why me as a pre-born male could be in my mother's body, and yet my mother didn't have male genitalia because I was a separate human being. You were living because you ready for this? Dead things don't grow. I know it's super sciency and the unborn child meets all of the requirements for a living thing that we learned in sixth grade biology. You are also a whole human being from the moment of conception. Don't confuse being a whole human being with being a developed human being. That's what the pro-choice movement does. They think that you're not a whole human being until you're constructed with different parts and can function like one of us as born people. But there's no such thing as a potential human being. There are only actual human beings with great potential. We had everything we needed from the moment of conception to realize our full growth and development as one of us. And guess what? The pro-abortion movement has admitted this for decades. Here's one example. Alan Guttmacher, former president of Planned Parenthood, and the namesake of the Guttmacher Institute, Planned Parenthood Statistical Research Branch. Alan Guttmacher says in his book, Life in the Making, on page three, regarding whether people know when human life begins, Alan Guttmacher says, This all seems so simple and evident that it's hard to picture a time when it wasn't part of the common knowledge. And that was from the late 70s. They all know we're killing babies. They all know they're human beings. Listen, the question as to when human life begins only becomes difficult to answer when you want to start killing people. Otherwise that question is incredibly easy to answer. So Dr. Fauci's lesson for us is actually interesting. We should follow the science. But science is a meaningless term in the lexicon of the left. Science is a sticker that the secular progressive movement slaps over their bigotry to disguise their true agenda and keep the American public confused because they think you're stupid Republican rubes without credentials who can't weed your way through the academic science. And yet we know the truth. We know that I am the same human being now that I was in my mother's womb. And the last lesson is from Abraham Lincoln, really the first OG conservative troll, amen, who really knew how to troll slavery supporters incredibly well. And he makes the point that we must make on abortion today, which is that these arguments put in place the premises that justify our own enslavement. The arguments for abortion cannot be confined to the womb. Every argument for abortion works equally well to justify killing born people. And here's how Lincoln did this. He said, okay, you say A is white and B is black. It is color then the lighter having the right to enslave the darker. Take care, by this rule, you are to be a slave to the first man you meet with a skin fairer than your own. Oops. Then Lincoln says, you say it is a matter of intellect, that whites are intellectually the superiors of blacks and therefore have the right to enslave them? Take care, by this rule, you are to be a slave to the first man you meet with an intellect superior to your own. What is Lincoln teaching us? That when you ground rights on things that come in varying degrees, it follows that rights therefore come in varying degrees. And so when you hear pro-choice arguments that say, the unborn's not a person and can be aborted because they're not self-aware, they can't feel pain, they're not viable, and they don't have any desires, all of those things come in varying degrees. So if we don't embrace this Kairos moment of tearing down the high places of Moloch, we will one day wake up and fulfill Dr. Mildred Jefferson's prophetic warning that today it is the unborn child. Tomorrow it is likely to be the elderly or those who are incurably ill. Who knows but that a little later, it may be anyone who has political and moral views that do not fit into the new distorted order. It has been tomorrow for quite some time, and this is the most politically propitious moment in this country to overturn abortion, to protect unborn children, and to pursue a federal ban on abortion that protects every unborn child who is a human being and shares our common human nature that came into existence at the moment of conception. The battle is before us. The time is now. And if you feel like the forces against us are too much to overcome, I would remind you of the words of John Quincy Adams, the abolitionist and hellhound of slavery, who when asked, John Quincy Adams, you're gonna turn slavery around? I mean, come on, the battle's kind of too late. Duty is ours, results are God's. I will see you on the battlefield, now go out there and give them heaven.